Hello, my name is Daniel Powell and I am so pleased to be recording New College's brand new podcast called 72 Weeks and this podcast will explore how Oxford University can change and has changed the lives of its current and past students in a relatively short period of time, the average length of a degree at Oxford lasting just 72 weeks. Now each week there'll be some form of connection between the people being interviewed and in this first episode I'm delighted to be joined by Dan Rolls, current undergraduate at Jesus College in Oxford and president of the David Abquillim Society, the Welsh Society at Oxford. Um, and our connection is we have the same first name, uh, we come from the same place, we uh, do and did the same degree course, um, and we're both involved with the Welsh Society here at Oxford. So, Prynam Dardan, welcome uh, to this podcast. Prynam Dardan, it's a pretty incredible string of con- coincidences. It is, isn't it? I know. So, let's go back to the beginning then of your life, and you can tell me about growing up in Swansea. I mean, I think... Growing up in Swansea is a pretty nice childhood. Uh, we're quite fortunate in the geographic region. You know, beaches quite close, plenty of green space. Um, but yeah, I think it was a pretty average childhood. I uh, went to a Welsh medium primary school, then went up to a Welsh medium secondary school. Um, and what was your uh, what's your favourite thing in Swansea or Gower? I lived in um, an area called Uplands, uh, and I think just wandering down to the beach, about three minutes away down the hill, was always fantastic, especially when it was sunny and you, you got to see the sunset. And you could also strategically go past Joe's Ice Cream yeah, there on St Helens Road. Ice cream was always the incentive that my parents used. So I suppose my, edu- my education was different to yours in that I was educated in the... Uh, medium of English, um, so I went to a comprehensive school which was, which was English speaking, and I studied Welsh um, until year nine, but not beyond that. Um, and you went to a school that had a sixth form, didn't you? Yeah, so I spent my last two years in um, secondary education at the same school, which was great. Um, got to know the teachers really well and got to continue that bond that I developed with them. I then went on to a sixth form college because I, I couldn't stay in my school because it didn't have a sixth form. And I enjoyed school um, and I worked hard, but I really loved my A-levels. Um, that was when I started to find my feet, I think, I suppose, academically. And that's also when I realised that geography was the, the subject that I definitely wanted to, to study further at university. But w- what about you? What, what were you like in school? What were your favourite subjects? My favourite subjects were always the science-based ones. Uh, but um, geography was only really introduced to me as a subject uh, in GCSE. Um, we got a new geography teacher and she was fantastic. She really inspired my sort of interest in that subject. I think that continued on throughout A-level uh, and geography really became uh, the subject I wanted to study. And how did you find studying geography through the medium of Welsh? Because now obviously you're learning it through the medium of English. Did, did that pose any difficulties for you? I mean, it's, it's, it's not an excuse, but it's a, it's a barrier that a lot of people like to quote uh, whenever they talk about learning in Welsh medium versus yeah. learning in English medium. But actually, you tend to learn both vocabularies at the same time. Because okay. if you're reading English texts or you're reading English Wikipedia articles, you kind of pick up the same words uh, and then you just learn to translate them in your head simultaneously. Uh, but it wasn't, it's not a challenge. Um, but it was, it, was, it was cool to study in Welsh because then you get to chat with geography students here and say, oh, the Welsh word for that is that. Yeah. And you kind of see where the thinking comes from. So at what point did you think then, I'm going to apply to Oxford University? So I think from Swansea, um, Oxford was, was always a bit daunting. Like the idea of applying to Oxford was always, oh, it's, you know, it's far out, you know. Um, 
But I think it was a couple of things. So there was the HE Plus program, uh, which took able students and gave them seminars in the evenings, you know, on various topics. So I attended those. But I think when I really realised I wanted to come here was when I was fortunate enough to win the Davidep Gwilym chair at the Estevvod. So they have their annual uh, Estevvod here, and I submitted a piece of work that I'd written for my Welsh A-level uh, coursework. And I got to come and spend some time with students at Jesus uh, and discuss all sorts of things from politics to life at Oxford and get, got to see the university and I thought, wow, this place is cool. I really want to come here and study. And is that a competition that still runs? Yes, uh, we're running it this year. It's always run in the Trinity terms, the third term, uh, and we invite anyone from Welsh medium secondary schools to enter work. So this year, do you get to be part of the judging panel rather than the person who is submitting the, the, the work? No, we, we tend to invite a guest judge oh, okay. um, to, <laughs> to ensure that someone with a bit more knowledge of Welsh literature is, is in charge. Before you experienced that, what were your preconceptions of, of, of what you thought Oxford University was going to be like, you know, coming from Swansea? What, what did you think was in store for you? For a lot of people, it's the same kind of idea. It's the idea of very fancy people, uh, very intelligent people, um, very old buildings, um, weird traditions, you know. I, I don't think I really had an idea in my mind of what I thought an Oxford student was going to be like i think the same it didn't really affect my application i think my mum just pointed out look you have nothing to lose it's one out of five of your application options just do it if you don't get in you don't get in and i think i'd encourage anyone who wants to apply to do the same thing you have nothing to lose i think for me as well the the one thing that i was really drawn to was the geography course itself for me it was really important that i got to do both physical and human geography right the way through i didn't want to specialize at 18 um, in human or physical geography because i didn't really know what physical physical geography was going to be like at universities. What about you? Why did you decide to apply for, for geography? I mean, I think definitely in A-level, I think physical geography was always a bit more tangible. Uh, I don't think human geography is taught to the same level as it is in university. And I was kind of interested to get a bit of both, because on one side, I do like the science. On the other side, I do like the conversational aspect of human geography. Given that you've been here for a while now, how, how do you find living away from from Swansea, living away from home, living away from the sea, because that's one of the things that I definitely miss, is not being able to see the sea. We couldn't get more landlocked if we tried uh, on an island. It's funny you should say that, because one of the first, most noticeable things that I remember coming here the first term was, oh my goodness, there is no sea around. Because you're used to waking up in the morning and just looking out the window and you can see the sea. Even if you're relatively inland, you're never that far away from the water. Um, But I... I've gotten used to it. I actually quite like it. Um, I love the city. There's so much going on during term time and there's so many interesting things to see, things to do. Um, and it's a different place to Swansea. I feel like I know Swansea. Swansea will always drink, bring me back. Uh, I'm, I was born there, grew up there, but Oxford is just a new place and I'm still discovering things again, especially having come out of the pandemic last year. Everything's opened up and the city's just become more vibrant in my eyes anyway. What about you? I definitely missed home. I definitely missed Swansea. And I think it probably took me, I'd say, a term to sort of find my feet, really, and get used to the idea of, of living away from home more than anything. And I think everybody feels that. It doesn't matter where you come from. But I didn't, I didn't want Oxford to be like Swansea because, you know, I love going home in the, in the holidays and things like that. But I think if I'd just gone somewhere very similar to Swansea then it, it, it would have been a very strange university experience, really. So, 
I think, um, yeah, I'm, I spent my second term at home, unfortunately, due to the pandemic. So oh, I think course, by, yeah. by that time, I was, I was ready to leave. Um, yeah. How did you find eating in halls? Because that's, that's what struck me. It was something completely different because you're eating in a communal space. Yeah, so I was used to, as, as, as you probably were, eating in a school canteen, um, which certainly didn't look like the halls of, of, uh, of Oxford colleges. But, I mean, I, I work with school groups now as part of my job here at New College, and, and what I say to them is... Your school dining hall or your school canteen, whatever you call it, is a reflection of the time in which it was built. Um, and you know, some of these colleges are from the 14th century, 15th century, 16th century, and so on. And as a result, they look like they were built in the 14th century, 15th century, 16th century. Um, but it was quite a surreal experience, sort of sitting down on benches and having the food served to you on some occasions as well was 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 quite unusual. But that was always just part of the, you know, the formal halls and things like that were, were definitely part of the unique Oxford experience that you don't get in many other places. And it was it was just a lot of fun as well on a Friday night to go to formal hall. and It's part of the excitement. It's part of the image. Yeah. Um, you know, people associate it with Hogwarts from Harry Potter. Yeah. And in some regards, it's slightly similar. And yeah. in some ways, it's not. But how do you find being Welsh then? How do you find being Welsh in Oxford? I definitely feel str- more strongly Welsh here when I'm in Oxford, and it's definitely part of my personality, if you ask my friends. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I enjoy spending time with the Welsh society. Uh, I enjoy being Welsh with them, but I also enjoy being Welsh with other friends because it's, it's a different life to a lot of other people. It's a different culture. It's a different experience. And I think as long as you find people that are that are accepting, you'll have a great time here at Oxford. Um, one thing I would say is... If you find being Welsh at Oxford daunting, there is a society here. There is a Welsh community. Um, so, for instance, we'll go and watch the rugby matches. May not be members of the society, but people who are vaguely associated with Wales. Uh, and that's always great. And there's, you can do stuff as a Welsh person that you do at home. So rugby, for instance, football. There's plenty of opportunity as a Welsh person in Oxford. I assume you find, you, you find it quite similar? I must admit, I... I didn't hear a huge amount of Welsh being spoken growing up in Swansea. Um, I heard far more Welsh being spoken when I was in Jesus College um, than I ever did in in Swansea. Um, So for me as well, that that was quite unusual, but also it did then help with those feelings of homesickness where every day you're pretty much guaranteed to hear a Welsh accent in Oxford. So how many people are in the Welsh Society? How many people come to your events? So I think we have sort of 200 members, odd, but they're... Some of them are more active than others in the society. Would you say the dissertation sort of helped you start thinking about future career paths? I think that's that's one thing I didn't probably think about whilst I was here. Um, and I certainly see students nowadays who are far more switched on about career paths than, than certainly I was. I've actually made more use of the career service as an alumni and a graduate of the university than I did when I was a student here because it's, it's a lifelong... Um, membership um, but I, I took some time off after finishing Oxford so I had a year where I just moved back home and started to think about what I actually wanted to do because I think when you're when you're studying you perhaps don't want the distraction of thinking what am I going to do next what am I going to do next so I moved back home I did some work experience in schools I knew I wanted to do something with geography something related to the subject um, and after having done some work experience in schools, I thought, yeah, I think I could really enjoy this. And then did my PGC back in Swansea, 
taught in South Wales for seven years and then uh, moved to teach in an academy in, in West Oxfordshire for three years. So used my geography every single day for 10 years um, and then came to New College about five years ago. Um, but what about you? Have you started considering what a geography degree might lead you to? Yes and no. Um, I'm confident that I don't really want to pursue academic. I've got a couple of friends who are very career orientated, and I think some of that has rubbed off on me. So I've utilised the uh, internship opportunities. So I've had a couple of internships and hoping to get a longer one in the summer, uh, which would hopefully be paid. Um, so I've, I've started to think about career paths. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do yet. Um, I would tell any sort of prospective applicant that you don't really need to worry about it unless you are focused on a specific career. And I think the very nature of geography as well, one of the things that's so good about the subject is that it is so broad. So I think it's the sort of subject where you could go into any number of careers having graduated with a degree in geography and that was um that was one of my favorite sayings that I, I heard somebody um give a talk about geography and and they, they mentioned if you're interested in history you should do a history degree if you're interested in biology you should do a biology degree if you're interested in politics do a politics degree but if you're interested in everything you should do a geography degree and i i just thought that was a really good summary of of what it is that makes geography such a brilliant and fascinating subject it, it beats being uh, berated about only being good at colouring oh. and naming flags and naming capitals yeah. all of which every geographer can do yeah. but one of my tutors always liked to point out that one day you'll go from studying Marx's philosophy on economics and then you'll go to the evolution of a flower uh, you know I don't think many degrees offer the same variation or flexibility in what you can study um, which is why I'd encourage people to come to Oxford to study geography is because you get to do a lot and you get to do a lot of what you want as opposed to having to follow a specific path. So tell me about the geography course that you're studying now. Tell me about your workload and, and a typical week in the life of a geography undergraduate at Oxford. Um, so I'm a second year, so I'm in the first year of what's called the final honours school. Um, and as that, I have to choose two core modules and then I get three optional papers. So the two core modules that I've chosen are uh, SPS, Space, Place and Society, and then Environmental Geography. Uh, and then I, my first option, I chose to do Politics, Society and Culture of China. So I think that's an example of how varied the degree is. Um, but currently, I think my workload will be um, one essay a week. So I'll have a week to read that and then plan and then write the essay before handing it in to a tutorial. But then again, you have lectures on top of that. Uh, and as well, you have to start thinking about your dissertation. Uh, and then you've got various extended essays um, on top of activities. So it's, it's quite busy. But on top of that, I'm sure you have a, a good time here as well. So what sort of things are you doing outside of your geography? What, what sort of things are you doing? So outside of my geography, um, we've talked a bit about it already, but I do, I am the president of the Welsh Society, so I help organise that, I go on various social events, go to the pub to watch the rugby, that's always fun, except this year, it was quite bleak. Yeah, let's not mention Saturday's result against Italy. If you're a Wales fan, we're in a very dark time, um, but then I do a considerable amount of sports, so I both um, play rugby for Jesus as well as row for Jesus, um, and then, yeah. I also play in a quartet, ah. um, so I play the cello in a Jesus-based quartet, and we have gigs every now and again. Um, but then again, I also go 
go out with friends. I mean, it's busy, yeah. but you get to do whatever you want. Photos are incredibly varied as well by the sounds of it. I mean, I mean, if you have a specific interest, more or less there will be a society for you. Or you can start your own society and you will find people who think very similar to you. Um, that is the cool thing about Oxford. I think a lot of universities in general, you will meet like-minded people who like doing similar stuff. Um, and you can follow that passion to the end. And why do you think it is that Welsh people are underrepresented at, at Oxford? I think a large part of it is confidence. Mm. So I think a large part of it is people not believing in themselves enough. Uh, as I've said, you have nothing to lose. Um, but I also think that not everyone necessarily sees Oxford as a potential option. Um, I know I have a lot of friends from Wales who sort of imagine Cardiff as the furthest place they can go, or the furthest place they want to go. And that's because some people do want to go to Cardiff, but it's because they may not have considered the option of Oxford, um, especially as a viable option. Um, but I think that, again, stems from lack of confidence. I think... Welsh people historically have not been as confident as other people going into these things. Yeah, and I suppose it's the idea that you need to almost know somebody who's been to, yeah. to sort of appreciate, oh, okay, someone like me, someone from my background, someone from the same place as me can actually come to Oxford and do those sorts of things. So what one piece of advice would you give a potential you know, student from Wales about applying to Oxford? But find something specific that you think is interesting and really wants to use, makes you want to study that subject. And then just go for it. Apply. If you don't, if you don't get an interview, that's fine. Um, if you get an interview, talk about that specific thing. Talk about that topic that you've thought about that you really want to study or that has inspired you. Because I think one thing a lot of people forget is that at the end of the day, if you come to Oxford, your tutors want you to succeed. They want you to find something really interesting about the course that you care about and that you want to develop further. And what do you want to get out of your remaining time in Oxford? Well, first of all, I want to visit all the colleges. It's something I haven't done. Um, but then I think I just want to enjoy being in Oxford and make the most of it. Uh, as I said, they're short terms, but you can do a lot in them. Um, and I think, yeah, I think just enjoy the remaining time that I have here uh, and make sure that I take every opportunity I can. If I were to offer you one piece of advice as, as, a, as an older geographer, um, it would definitely be just to, to not take it for granted because it is over so quickly. You know, it's 72 weeks. That's, that's no time at all in the grand scheme of things. Yet your life can change immeasurably during that time. Everybody falls into the trap of starting to take things for granted. But, um, you know, you really should, when you, when you walk through the door in a college and just take it all in and, and just realise that you're never going to get this opportunity ever again. You're never going to get the chance to live in a, a historic building. Um, and I think that would definitely be something that I'd say to all current students, yourself included, is just to make the most of the time that you've got because I'm sure you're already having a fantastic time. But it will be these next 36 weeks that potentially shape the rest of your life so just enjoy it i mean if you could do things differently is there anything that you'd like to do i th i don't think i perhaps did enough extracurricularly so i i played um some rugby as well for college and did some things with the geography society but i didn't really do a huge amount beyond that um, and I think that's probably something if I were to relive my time in Oxford that I would perhaps do differently I'd also not pick one of the essays that I did in finals that I can still remember to this day and I just 
Um, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> how did she, how, Schaefer's concepts of space, how have they changed? That was the question. And I knew lots about concepts of space. And then halfway through the essay, I suddenly thought, I don't know who Schaefer is. Um, but had gone too far that I could stop and go back. And I just remember coming out and saying to my friend, I think I've really messed that up. And he did his best to try and reassure me um, that it was just one question. But yeah, if I were to have my time again, I wouldn't pick that essay question. Um, yeah, I can still remember it. Still, bring back, still brings back bad memories. As a um, as a communications and outreach uh, officer for New College, yeah. what what piece of advice would you suggest for any prospective Welsh applicants? You know, for me as well, thinking geographically how f- how far it is from Swansea, my second choice was Aberystwyth, and it probably would have taken me as long to get to Aberystwyth as it would have taken me to get to Oxford. So, well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, getting to Oxford from Swansea was actually, you know, not that I ever drove it. My dad always had to. Do the driving, but it didn't take us that long. And then, if I did want to go home during term time, it was a really easy train journey as well. Um, so, yeah, I would just say that don't don't think of that as being a barrier, um, you know, a physical one or a mental one to 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 not applying to Oxford because we want more Welsh people here. You know, we want the Welsh society to be bigger. We want a bigger Welsh community. But unfortunately, it's a numbers game. Um, You know, the more that apply, the more that will get in. Um, So I think that's the overwhelming message of, you know, the, the easy way to not get in is to not apply in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't be don't be daunted by the application process. Um, so don't be scared of the application process. Yeah. Again, you have nothing to lose, but potentially everything to gain. Um, and I think I think Oxford is hard work. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that it isn't, um, but it is work that you will thoroughly enjoy and that you will get a lot out of. What a positive message to end uh, this first episode on. So my thanks to Dan Rolls uh, for being our first ever guest uh, on this podcast uh, called 72 Weeks. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to our experiences of studying at Oxford and hope that you listen to our next episode. So Dan, Diolch Vaur. Thanks very much.